Hey, everybody. Welcome to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm Phil Moore, your host, a.k.a. Jim Fix. And with me is Sam, a.k.a. Uh, QF 101, QF 100 News. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Doing, I would have loved to have that job back in the day, actually. You know, that would have been fun when they were in the yellow jackets and could kind of get away with whatever. But, you know. <laughs> and the quote from uh, we just got a quote from uh, Elegant Elliot, uh, and, and the quote is as follows: "Gangster style, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about Elliot? Often he was in the New York Post recently. No, um, for what? He had a hate crime against him. Uh, two kids. It was caught on camera. They they started calling him the F word yeah. and homo and all this other stuff, and then they threw some white liquid substance all over him. Okay. And I guess socked him. So Jesus. he had a hate crime against him. Yeah. Wow. Recently. I know. I feel so bad. You know, you'd think like because he's kind of a staple that yeah. people it would be just like furniture at this yeah. point in New York City yeah. seeing that guy run around. Well, but, yeah, he's 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 in literally in tights and a and a and a muumu or something, and he's walking, he's running around town. And I mean all in the New time. York. In New York, isn't that just people like going, yeah, it's, uh, it's elegant. What do you want? It's, ele- Mr. It's, it's Mr. Often. Leave him alone. Yeah. 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 Dad. Hope he, hopefully it's not some setup and he's trying to make money off of the system. I don't know. Anyway, well, I don't know how you would. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but yeah. that. I mean, yeah. Elliot's, you know. Okay. Well, guys, we haven't done a mailbag for a long time, hence why we're doing this uh, as just a little bonus. Um, The first one I'm going to read is from one of our uh, one of our archived Black Kluge level Patreon episodes, Bender Affleck Part One, which was one of two parts. And like I said, five hours of hilarity. I never had more fun taking apart an interview. I saw on Reddit that people actually loved the interview. And I was like, (laughs) do you guys love it for what (laughs) for for the fact that it's so funny that he's drunk or that howard just let him rant yeah i wasn't sure what what really did they like about it but they were praising the ben affleck interview i liked it for the obvious reasons he was clearly intoxicated and howard couldn't kind of control it (laughs) couldn't speak Yeah, so, it, was, this, it was, you know, <laughs> awful. This is from Wesley Moore. Oh, my fuck. When you asked Raven to repeat the question and you'd answer as yourself, then again, as Affleck, uh, I about lost my fucking shit. Not only was it on point how on how Cokehead moves, but it was fucking hilarious. Beautiful show, my brother. Oh, and one more thing. When Cokeheads are pulling flights, they tend to take Valium or Xanax in order to not feel like absolute dog shit when going down from that gold medal flower, or so I've heard, LOL. <laughs> I... Yeah, I could totally see that, you know, just let me just stay up for this. I think a lot of celebrities have done that where they're like, let me just stay up through this because I got to do this stern interview in the morning and then I'll go to bed right after. I'm actually surprised that Coke is still prevalent in Hollywood because I always thought I just I just tend to think that they're going to the as money and drugs change. They're going to use higher quality stuff or things that are easier, like pills, you know, like to get an effect. Who? Honestly, hangovers are so bad. Who has time to stay up all night and be coke hungover and that come down? Like, I just. One of the most amazing quotes about uh, coke was from um, Robin Williams was interviewed by, I think, Barbara Walters ages and ages ago. Maybe one of one of maybe the early 80s. And she asked him about John Belushi, who was obviously a notorious oh, yeah. coke head and pretty much started um, N.A., 
uh, because there was no Betty Ford back in the day, and he was one of the first oh, wow. high-profile drug casualties. And um, and he said John was the type of person who, to get a laugh, would walk into a wall, and then he'd walk into it again and again and again and, and still bounce back. So he says when you see someone like that get taken out by a drug, it makes you step back and review your life and go, maybe maybe this isn't for everybody, and maybe it isn't for – it's certainly not for me. So it woke a lot age- of people up. And with age too, you just dial back because life doesn't permit you to be in your 20s, your Mm -hmm. young 20s all the time. You just can't do it. Yeah. And one really short one and congratulations to Gina LaPlaca, who's since become a mom. And uh, we know that motherhood has taken her away from uh, from commenting, but we we miss you. We know you're still listening when you get a chance, but uh, hopefully the little one's not keeping you up. I totally understand. You're like, (laughs) what happened to my life? Yeah. It's a good so, thing and a crazy she, transition. She posted, when Ben's answer overtook the saber dance, I literally cried laughing. Thank you for this <laughs> Christmas miracle. <laughs> so did we. <laughs> what you got, Sam? Okay. So this one is from the wham. VH1 called me ugly. Wham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and JP Peltzman said, great sleuth work. Amazing how he didn't deny Cabby was there when he met Beef. But then... Mm-hmm. Wigtron ditched him real fast. Yes, and the story changed over time. Yeah. So, and... so Cabby was no longer there. And there's no reason to exclude him from the story except if there's some really freaked out reason why you need to ed- edit him out. Yes, that's true. Omission and then quick cover up and let's move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also people were asking, like, dig more into the Mercer kitchen. Yes, so I've tried so hard to find. I've Googled prostitution, Mercer kitchen, high end hookers, Mercer kitchen, mm-hmm. any review I can find. I can't really find any dirt on the Mercer mm-hmm. kitchen so far, but I'm not mm-hmm. giving up. Yeah, that was actually from a guy called Joseph Mijares. He says, great show as always. Can't wait for Sam to investigate the Mercer Kitchen party further. She's really peeling the layers off this one. That party I'm seemed like, definitely seemed like some arranged weird cattle auction for creeps. <laughs> the one-stop really, beard shop. <laughs> didn't it seem like, you know how like there's that Raya app for celebrities who date like on it's an app. It, so it would be like Tinder, but for celebrities. You have okay. to be a celebrity to be on it or have a certain net worth or something. Mm-hmm. It's called Raya. Mm-hmm. I kind of imagine that these parts... You just took me into the woods. <laughs> I kind, <laughs> I kind of imagine that these Mercer Kitchen setups are sort of like that. Like you have somebody who's propagating this sort of dinner and having a certain clientele and then he has you know picks from a catalog of models or Mm -hmm. dancers yeah or whatever sort of you know floozy industry they're in yeah and puts them together to have like a dinner party because well because in what world would beth be going on a blind date and howard stern just happens to be there that's not happening well, you're you're absolutely right. It makes no se- it just makes no sense. I mean, their whole fucking biography, their whole fucking story makes no sense. I mean, she's feeding him from a plate that doesn't come out until 20, 15 years later, and he's eating off a plate. But he's a mean. He's supposed to be a germaphobe with OCD. Restaurants run out of food. Restaurant running out of food in New York. Okay, yeah, maybe if you're the I don't know a soup kitchen. Um, 
uh, I was just it just was baffling to me. And I go, why would you think you could get away with this? And I guess no one wants no one cares enough to dig deep. Except for us. Yeah, um, pretty much. I, I really just, though, kept thinking to myself, what in what world would there be a Ralph, a Howard, some South African guy and some other randos and some catalog models? All at well, a dinner party. Yeah, the Mercer Kitchen thinks it makes no sense anyway in any incarnation of the story. So uh, whatever we can do to find information about that. And I'll be looking up book indices, you know, just to see if there's something about the Mercer Kitchen. Because back in the day, Max's Kansas City, CBGB's Mercer Kitchen, these were all, um, there was definitely some kind of scene at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah. And a lot of the reviews, they said, you know, Hot single chicks right. there all the time. So that's kind of a, you know, that's I mean, noti- notifying right. people it's a scene of some right. kind. Yeah, hookup scene. But the thing is also there's such a shelf life for things in New York City that when they end, like that place spa they used to go to in the early 2000s, yeah. and then they have a shelf life. And when they end, all of a sudden, it's almost like they never existed. Yeah, yeah. a lot of those hot clubs, too, and restaurants – and as high as they get so quickly, they fall precipitously yes. bad and sometimes in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. Like scores and scores is a whole that could be a whole episode, but I'm just not well versed enough in it. And I have to when they a lot of times when they would talk about their scores experiences, I tuned out back in the day because I didn't give a shit. A lot of it was just over like the same shit over and over again. Well, like mo- much like this, the scores thing. I like how tales are recanted over the years, like they're retold. And so each time Howard tends to retell stories, whether it be scores or the Mercer kitchen, they always vary slightly or sometimes new details or sometimes something is completely different about it. So I think if you put all of those together, you really get a picture that something isn't right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what, you, what have you got next? Okay. Next one. I'm sorry, because I just did this last one, so mm-hmm. I didn't know. All right, so the next one's going to be from Oh, Captain, Go Fuck Yourself, Captain. <laughs> okay, yeah. And it's Jay Horvath mm-hmm. who says, Howard is the type of dickhead that says, Quote, I gave you airtime to help you, end quote. Also, Gary is likely the type of scumbag that would throw him to the wolves to keep the spotlight off him. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And yes, Howard has spent most of his career thinking airtime means money. Mm -hmm. And it's not the early 90s anymore, but somehow plugs. He still thinks like pain and plugs. Mm hmm. Well, the I think uh, that was the so long farewell part one we did of Sussy. Um, that and then the, the two parters, and I don't know that people realize there is a part two unless they've listened uh, on uh, other media because the YouTube hits for the second part are really could nothing compared to the first one. And I'm sure they do. It's just they've decided I'll, I'll listen to the rest because if I keep looking at this asshole talk like this, I'm gonna fucking shoot my computer screen. Yes. When we drive a point home, it's purposeful because, you know, we really want to make that point. So, yeah. well, that from the same episode, I'm going to because I when when uh, 
I just tried to keep these episodes together. Uh, HK Finn, 83, he, and I pinned his, his response because it was excellent. He said the, he writes the elephant in the room, not Robin, as always from these issues around Howie <laughs> lecturing from on high from his position of quote, success is unmentionable as usual. Howard grew up in the seventies when an average communications graduate could find themselves in a hundred K a year job in radio in seventies money with his eyes closed. The world isn't like that anymore. Howard doesn't know that because you see completely uneducated 79 IQ baby boomer, utterly oblivious to the fact that he fell upward, upwards at every juncture of life. So fucking true. So I goddamn love, true. That's so poignant because he really doesn't see that. And he no. really thinks that his success is just this, you know, pull it up by the bootstraps and I did it all myself. He's the equivalent. He's the equivalent of, let's say a movie star like Jim Carrey only had one really mega hit, but that mega hit sold like a billion dollars worth of tickets. Then he bombed like bomb after bomb after bomb. He wouldn't see the bombs. He would only see that's, that's the equivalent. How we're seeing his money equals the success. Like he believes the money dictates his talent and it's the complete opposite. You I mean, as much money feel... as he has, the the least talent he has, the less talent yeah, he has. It's true. You could see that, too, when he did the 2012, when he got the lawsuit tossed out. That, mm-hmm. for him, was like an atom bomb. Like, oh, yeah. no, no, the judge is not siding with this argument that these subscribers over at XM now coming over here are your listeners. They just happen to be a part of this merger. That's right. And um, there's it continues here Uh, in his petty view of life. Young people are feckless dilettantes. Never mind the fact that they live in a completely different world and economy. If this kid had a cushy job and was already set for life, I'm sure this decision he took would have been more difficult. It wasn't a hard choice because he had already gotten his dream job and realized it was going nowhere. This is far too subtle to ever sink into how he's Tony Robbins view of life. God, he's awful. I hope a millennial trans activist pushes him down the stairs. <laughs> that would be so perfect. Well, could oh, you imagine him like imagine the first time he comes out from Castle Gay Skull after COVID or whatever, and he's mm-hmm. walking down the street with Beth and a and a you know, a trans person just beats him to death. Like it's first time. <laughs> would just, it be a story you'd laugh at because they have to mention? Oh my god, tra- I'd be thrilled. Right. Okay. Well, because I mean, it, because not only is it sweet revenge yes. for Tula, Karma, and what's her face, uh, the guy that he always called a train, the girl she, uh, Nic- oh Nicole Bass, Nicole Bass. So yeah. not only is it like and all the trans bashing that he did over the years. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Now you're going to die at the <laughs> hand of one of them. Your first time out of the house. That would would be just it would be karmic retribution, I think. Um, the one next one I'll pick one because um, I I realize we're going one for one. Um, Baba Booey's feast part one, and we've mm-hmm. got part two is out. We actually have part three recorded, and we still need to do part four, which is the Beth call. So when it will we'll definitely put that one together as soon as we can, and release part three. Uh, Jay Horvath again, he is a great poster. I believe that Artie was the person that ruined quote the party for howard howard was pissed and hyper focused on Artie being late he felt hosts slash guests catered to slash enabled him being late at one point he called Artie mr life of the party pure jealousy it's clear from Artie's tone he feels the need to passionately defend himself yeah i mean Artie doesn't always 
have to be the life of the party. Annie isn't in a lot of cases, but he can socialize normally, which I yes. guess in in Howard's view, that's the life of the party, just being <laughs> able to socialize. And sorry, one I forgot for the sussy one that you mentioned was from Moth. He said he wrote, you don't expect me to pay you to ride your bike. Howard, you don't even pay your staff enough to eat. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're living in shitholes and terrible. All right. So this one is from the 15 Foundation Saga. Which episode? Um, The part nine. Part nine. Okay. So Soma said, you guys are so spot on. Robin is 100% narcissistic egomaniac. She was a talentless hack. She, like Howard, could do nothing else in their lives. The thing Mm -hmm. is, they didn't have to do anything else. But due to their narcissistic pathology, they thought they actually had skills to do other things. Yes. So true. Spot on. And again, it's, it's, it's the reason why... I was thinking about doing the magic, the Howard appearance on magic just as a breakdown, Mm -hmm. because we said we always said we were going to do like every single Letterman appearance he did and cover it and do like a a series on them because they're so painfully unfunny and they get worse. That's going to be our next like 15. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're they're only eight minutes long, 10 minutes. Like, they're not that long, but if you stitch them together, it could be incredible. But uh, I think that with with uh, with that particular that every time he was on a talk show, he's like, I should be the host. What am I doing as a guest here? And Robin is the same way. As soon as she started getting on shows, she felt like I should have one of these shows. Thinking right. that she could do that job, but she can't. They're both unlikable. They're unlikable. They're not curious. And they really, outside of the show, they don't really, uh, they're not magnetic. You don't really care what they have to say. They The environment makes them what they are in mm-hmm. that radio in that really specific only place. Otherwise, even the live shows were crap. Well, yeah, they were. Did you remember how many was it? It was Vegas that they used to do all the time yeah, or yeah. those birthday shows. And you, you were like, I always remember you saying none of those shows were any good. No, you could. I, I hated when they went to Vegas because yeah. it was always just, it was just crap. It wasn't good. Cause I, I want to hear about, what's going on with their personal lives and you have to be in a certain environment. And I don't want to mm-hmm. hear, you know, it's not interesting for me to hear a girl stripping. Yeah. Or a live crowd, like screaming because Woo! who cares? Yeah it's, yeah. it's not a cheap trick album. Um, on the same sussy episode, guys, I'm going back just uh, cause I have these, uh, I, sometimes I pick multiple, um, comments, Kelsey Walsh. Wiggy is all about, quote, success because he doesn't have looks, friendships, or happiness. When his viewership (laughs) started tanking, he took the fun out, sealed the compound, made it more corporate, and went for A-list guests. He clearly tried to subsidize his lack of listeners with an outwardly impressive appearance, uh, even down to the security detail. He's jealous of this kid's youth, sense of freedom, and probably his sad heterosexuality. Anyways, great episode. (laughs) I like the end. Anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right anything else, anything else robin <laughs> <laughs> that was good okay. appreciate that okay so this one's from gary's dinner party from lw howard claims about being hungry gets contra- claims about being hungry gets contradicted about him complaining about the appetizers making him too full also doesn't howard take a nap after each show to meditate so how the heck is he so sleepy yeah we know <laughs> 
<laughs> he needs to get Sarno. So you think about Sarno to help with his, you know, if he can visualize the the uh, tiredness away, it shouldn't be a problem. That's right. Just wish it away. <laughs> wish right out your exhaustion. limo window. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got some from the episode of um, Bob, Fuck Bob Saget, What About Me? which was, again, a really tough episode to record, but I think it was essential to get out there. C.A. Thompson, one of our faves. Uh, she, uh, Robin is still a pretty stellar narcissist as she made her telling of the text, text with Kimmel about Bob be focused on her. Kimmel told her, Bob was really excited to have that dinner with you. Nothing about what it meant to her. In her telling, Bob was lucky to be in her presence. Her and Wiggy are so vile. I, it was a point that it completely escaped me, and you're right, C.A. Thompson. So, yeah, that is true. Yeah. And uh, another person on the same podcast, on the same show, and this was, uh, of course, released on, um, I think we released it every single way we could, Ray, uh, except on YouTube because we didn't want the uh, the shitty edit. Um, Ray, Bob Saget played at a small comedy club in Birmingham in April of 2017. It was the day after Rickles passed away. He did a small touching tribute and then followed it up with one of the best, if not the best, stand-up acts I ever saw. He got a standing ovation at the end, and it seemed like he was really taken aback by it. He was a great, a really great show, and it really solidified my impression of him. I know a lot of people describe him as nice, but I think that's an understatement. He was really kind, humble, and selfless. Just one of a kind. It's a goddamn shame Howard's eulogy, quote, said nothing positive about him. Great breakdown, though. Enjoyed the show. Well... If it makes you feel any better, his eulogies usually say nothing positive mm -hmm. about people, except for yeah. if they're a musician he wants to fuck. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So this one um, is still from Gary's Dinner Party. It's from Done One. Okay. <laughs> I'm a new subscriber, and your channel is great. Good audio levels and proper modulation. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I love I love Sam and how passionate she gets. Love a woman with a mouth like a sailor. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say that was so sweet. So, you know, thank you very much. You're fucking the best. <laughs> um, the uh, the same episode I was uh, the Saget one. There's another one down below uh, from Pam who says, like the previous person Sam read from Pam said, I'm a new sub and I'm catching up with past posts after listening to a post of randomness that included H HS dressing in drag after tra trashing Jennifer Aniston's pick. Your guest co-host <laughs> talked about uh, it was me, actually. Your, your guest co-host talked about a guy who broke into homes and stole women's clothes. And that led to murdering women. Coming off that and hearing right away this post that Dr. Bob said that the mask is almost completely off gave me the chills. It's like the movie The Fly when the last piece of human skin falls away from the face yes! and the true beast is seen by everyone. <laughs> oh my God, what a perfect analogy. Our listeners yes. are so smart and I love that they have references like The Fly. Thank you. Yeah, that's the uh, Jeff Goldblum uh, version, not the original one with Vincent Price, which still might be one of my the creepiest Dave. and am most amazing endings of any movie ever. When you're a kid and you see that movie, it oh. fucks you up for days. For days, yeah, completely. For sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, go, go ahead. This is the Howard, The Truth Lies Within, part five. Um, it's, mm, from Benny, yeah. it's from Benny A. He says, guys... Yet again, enough with the rabbit hole conspiracies. Howard <laughs> is not gay. Because Lou was his roommate? 
every fucking kid wants to go to school and bunk with familiar faces. So if a woman did the same, are they a are they bi or a lesbian? You're yes. 17 <laughs> when you get your acceptance letter. You are young as fuck. College is intimidating. Yes, he was jealous of Lou, but that's it. <laughs> oh, I, this this kid has just discovered the channel and is in a big, huge apologist and does not believe the gay thing. And I'm fine with that. I have no problem with people don't believe it. But I also know that people don't know how to add. They have problems, you know, uh, with their basic arithmetic. You know, they they, I, <laughs> you know, I choose to see that these people who are not believing us in this or don't mm-hmm. see it for themselves, like we don't even have we can say what we want, yeah. you know, but from all. All the material we provide, if yes. you are putting on these blinders to this, I don't know. It's you're, 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 you're not dealing trying, with the full deck. You're trying not to see your dad's drunk on the floor again. He's not sleeping. Yeah. You're trying not to see that your mom's covering up a black eye. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just what I feel like is happening when people really yeah. are not listening. <laughs> Listen, we've provided copious amounts of, of evidence that he's wearing a wig, at least on the Facebook page, and uh, and that he's basically bald as a jaybird. But people still believe it's not a wig. And well, some people believe the sky is green in the world they live in. Uh, that doesn't make it so. And if we, we're providing empirical sort of data that if you if you put it together i don't know how you can see it a different way i just don't and yes we have a couple people don't believe he's gay because in bob's case he believes it's uh he does it he's not the type of person that can have a concrete sexuality it's all about deviance so if it happens if gay happens to be deviant that's it that's for him and then if scat happens to be deviant that's for howard and if if uh you know if um Golden showers is deviant. Well, then that's what he wants too. So it's not as cut and dried as him being gay. It's just whatever is in in his mind taboo. But we're going to go into that in a whole other episode. And Bob can and, speak for himself. And Bob proves that deviant point too because if you think about, remember when he was having Gary and everybody watched that one porn that he liked so much, and it was that torture porn. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it is the most reprehensible porn I've ever seen. Now. Right. I can go for fucking kinky shit. Fine. This was not that. This was no. literally like watching the movie Saw. <laughs> it was not porn. It was it not was, sexual. No, it was torturing women. It was right. literally putting their breasts in like bear traps and shit. It was horrible. <laughs> well, either way. Um, if, and if, the gay if stuff. You, you yeah. Can, uh, if you're listening yeah. to the you listen to our entire like our entire hundred plus episodes and you still think he's straight, um, then whatever your take and to make you see things that way, I tell me what it is, because I'd love to be able to just shut my mind off to things. And sometimes it takes just an obvious voice to say things like, for example, we've been saying the wig thing for a long time, but it takes a long time for people to catch up with what we're saying and they don't really believe it or they're like, yeah, I'm not sure. And then it takes somebody like Jimmy Dore and Tucker Carlson to just straight out say, and that wig, like with not even missing a beat. And he just says, he just flat out says he's wearing a wig. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, why am I? trying to see something like real hair when it's yeah. so obvious that right. there's a wig staring at me. Right. Well, and the other thing is um, Molly Miskelly, who's one of our longtime supporters and we love her, but she, um, she, we, I posted on Patreon 
the link to uh, Howard dancing the the AGT thing that got uh, cut out because <laughs> of whatever reason, I, and I couldn't allow it. So I said, "I'm fuck it. I'm going to upload that." So I uploaded it to um, the uh, I uploaded it to Patreon, and mm-hmm. she said. I was on the fence, but I'm officially with you guys. The guy's, he's totally gay. Sorry. Gay and, and disgusting. Not, not gay equates disgusting. It's not gay is disgusting. He's gay and he's disgusting into scat stuff. So they're not, and into you know. young twinks. Oh, Christ's sake. And this goes right into it. This is a comment from Tula. We hardly knew ye, which is an episode with one of my favorite laughing jags that uh, I, <laughs> I didn't have any words. And uh, started laughing. <laughs> it might be the favorite moment. Uh, that frenetic, this is from Tom D. That frenetic energy Howard had when he was trying to get Tula naked. OMG. He'd clearly been fantasizing about it for a while and was just overwhelmed with that excitement and nervousness. Wow. And good for her in calling his bluff. Doubt she ever intended to get naked but he ruined any shot of that with constant talking and not knowing what to do i know i'd be completely turned off if i was a woman yeah and apparently if you were a man that became a woman or a woman that was born a man and you know had chromosomes a little aligned in such a way that you were you know you felt you were anything anything that's not a rock would be just turned off yeah okay this is from wiggy dearest um, it's from Bob Marley. He said, to be fair, the Stern fans would have hated whoever Howard introduced as his new girlfriend. The show bred and attracted hateful fans, which is why any sort of online forum was full of toxicity and hate. They right. would have hated Beth or any other woman, regardless of how she was introduced. So in that, I will say, I think fans would have been critical. There would have been some hate just sure, because residual. the natural he's right about how the fans were, but it was overwhelming because specifically how he rolled out that horse. Yes. And then how she appeared when she finally did appear more regularly. And the fact that he talked her up saying she didn't want to be famous. Meanwhile, he's trying to crowbar and all the crowbar into all these projects. I mean, the narrative didn't fit what you were being told and what was actually happening. He, Don't piss he, in my fucking face and call him. Tell me it's raining. Exactly. He rolled her. He made her seem almost Grace Kelly esque. Yes. Like this picture of culture, right. elegance, beauty, and then you get you know Lucille Ball drunk. You're just <laughs> like, what? This isn't what I asked for. Yeah, and the and by the same logic, then we all were gonna hate Artie for not being Jackie. You know, we were all gonna hate whoever he replaced so-and-so with no that, that the logic makes that logic only works in that sense because people loved Allison so much. If they didn't think anything of Allison, they wouldn't have cared who he brought in, but they loved her so much. There's a segment that absolutely would have said, well, fuck her. She's the one that fuck uh, Beth. She's a, uh, just a floozy or whatever. But again, it's totally in how he introduced her and how they built her up. And then when she did come on, she had an unlikable quality to her and still does. It's also because of the divorce, too, and how that all felt shady to us. Oh, yeah. It was never explained properly. And, you know, he was a father, too. So it felt like all of a sudden that family aspect of his life that we got so much information about just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it became the Beth show. So it's like you traded your kids in for this dumb ox. Like, yep. what? 
This um, this comment is from Pelican Cockblocks Baby Gorilla Part 2 on Patreon. Sean Sibber says, uh, this is a hard one to listen to because Howard is so vile. I swear I've been listening in 15-minute increments because I get so annoyed and pissed off at this El Pelicano cocksucker. Um, <laughs> that was him blocking Howard already from, get, from doing Beer League. He was saying, I need you on the show and blah, blah, blah. Me and Bob broke that down, and it was it was tough to listen to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like most things he does. Okay, so this one's more recent. This is from our Gilbert Godfrey tribute that we just yeah. did. Yeah, um, peace, Gil. Yep, this is from Dinosaur Prince. It's an interesting name. Um, I like it. Okay, it says, got me at the ending. Had to break out the Kleenex. Gilbert was the best. He with Artie always had me in tears. The world will never be the same without him. Thanks for doing this one, guys. Well, we're glad you enjoyed it, and uh, we're sorry we if we caused tears as well as laugh cut tears from laughter as well as from sadness. But um, a lot of people cross over that we got it from the Gilbert page um, and the Artie Superfans page because I knew it was it was heavily with Artie as well. So it's it's kind of a tribute to both of them as well. You know, a lot yeah. of people listened for the first time and said love it, love absolutely loved it. So hopefully you guys tune into the more hate filled stuff because this is only the second time we've done sort of tribute show. The first being for Norm, and that was a lot of fun because Norm got yeah. to be Norm. I I really love the clips that were curated. It was a fearless set of clips. I thought, which was perfect for Gilbert because Gilbert's fearless, mm -hmm. and uh, I really got great feedback from everybody not just our fans who are regulars so that was fun and i also think that uh it's good to sometimes take a minute to do it right you yeah, know and not talk over every clip and think you're funnier than gilbert and try to uh and laugh uh hysterically cackling into the mic and uh you know make the tribute about you and not really make a tribute at all that kind of thing yeah i mean that would be terrible i don't know who would do something like that Okay, this this comment is from another Patreon exclusive episode, Stupid Trek 2, The Wrath of Pawn. That's the one where Deborah and I covered Robin going on Jeopardy and fucking up. Amanda Brown, and we miss you, Amanda. I hope you come back soon. Um, she's been a AOL. She's been absent a AWOL oh, for a yeah. while. Oh, so, yeah. Where has yeah. she been? Not sure. Uh, that PM Dawn reference. Um, <laughs> I love Robin bashing. Like Fillmore said, anytime you try to feel sympathy for Robin, she ruins it. <laughs> I never got the vibe Robin is bisexual or a lesbian. I think she became tur completely turned off to men eventually, especially after being played by that con artist, Brendan. She never wanted children, neither do I. Some people realize they aren't meant to be in a relationship for whatever reason. Maybe you enjoy your space too much or you become disillusioned with the naive idea of finding your, quote, soulmate. Cue OJ sound effect. It happens. Uh, it's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> it's a great idea to do an episode about Dr. Ronnie. I'm enjoying this. You and Deborah have really soothing voices. He he. Okay, so thank you, uh, Amanda. We and like I said, uh, don't be a stranger. If you come back, uh, shout it out loud. But uh, and Deborah, hopefully, we'll get into recording again. She got busy in life, and uh, I'm not sure. It happens. Yeah. Hey, it happens. Yeah. Um, so when she when she does, you guys will hear about it. I will say though. I did used to think Robin was a lesbian, but I just think now she's an insufferable cunt. And like, I just, <laughs> I don't really think of her. I really think she's got some sort of histrionic personality where she's so impossible yep. that she blocks herself out from being able to be in a relationship, man or woman. Mm -hmm. um, what you got next? 
I don't really have anything next. <laughs> okay, I have a couple more. Okay, I have a couple more left. You do more. Okay, this one's called from the one you and I did of the Prince, uh, dark concert. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Forever in my life. This is on Patreon as well. <laughs> the imagery, the whole thing. Yeah, this is, this is from Ken, this is from Ken McKenna. My favorite part of this episode is towards the end where JF and ST tee off, tee off on that Dick Pat Oswald. I hope I wish you guys could find a way <laughs> to do more pop culture commentary, maybe semi true crime or something. Um, I would like to as well, and if we do do something like that, like a spinoff or some something of that nature, well, things of that nature, you understand. Oh, it, it will. Um, when we do it, they'll be well researched and hopefully entertaining. So, if you guys uh, want more of that, please say in the comments. Um, and it, it would be separate in terms of uh, how I would delineate it, maybe on another channel or uh, on Patreon. Okay. With a special designation, but yeah, we, we eventually will be doing stuff like that. If we get good feedback and you guys want something like that, because we are very versatile, wouldn't you say, Fillmore? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I do think it would be interesting, but I don't know if we want to have it with this or yeah. something separate entirely. Yeah, we'd have be... to we'd have to plot it out, and but I would like the feedback on what you think about something like that once yeah. in a while though i don't mind throwing something in like we said about the alec baldwin stuff yeah especially if it's friend of the court related and that way yes. i i like if it was the natalie mains uh you know i'm not interested in the dixie chicks but if there was some scandal involving her we definitely give it a shot because why not she's featured so prominently on the show and then you want to gauge what's the reaction going to be like from the show when somebody has steps in shit that's a friend of the court um, this is from It's the Great Fagala, Charlie Brown, from Patrick J., one of our great posters. I actually have a theory uh, I also, uh, on, also on why Howard is never going back to the studio. I think it's the reason Gary and others sold their houses. Howard can't walk anymore. Something is clearly <laughs> wrong with him. <laughs> what? His walking ability has been on the decline. He can't use steps with the human cane bath holding his hand. <laughs> He doesn't want as many people in the staff knowing and watching him walk. He might use a wheelchair at home. I don't think it's this extreme, oh. but I definitely think he doesn't want people seeing him uh, hobble around as we as the new uh, the new <laughs> some someone someone came up. It's almost I, I still have more to read, but uh, someone came up on the latest live chat. <laughs> new nickname for him: Slouchho Marks. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I think it was. No, yes. you you got you got um you got uh, Howcho. Howcho, Slouchos better. I think they're both good, but Slouchos makes makes sense on so many levels. Um, another clear indication of it is all his talk of going on walks or runs. He's trying to put it out there that on the show a lot because he clearly can't do that. Look at how in the Seinfeld coffee show they barely show him walking. Maybe a few steps and an edit. He's hiding something. His walking ability has been on decline for years. He's not going to go to the studio as everybody watches him barely be able to shuffle around. You're never going to see him out in public again. I think this I... is a fantastic theory. Patrick, you are brilliant. You are brilliant because I always wondered what the fuck is going on with the Ellen stage when he mm -hmm. was walking off that step. Now, people said it was because of depth perception in his eyes. But if you think about what he just said with the comedians in cars getting coffee, how we rarely see him on red carpets with Beth at all before mm -hmm. COVID. 
mm-hmm. and walking around in general. He doesn't jog in the city anymore. You never see him walking around the park anymore in paparazzi shots. He is totally on to something. And I think that was and pre-COVID even there, there was a definite um, there was a definite cessation of that activity. Well, what are could you imagine what his bones are like with that kind of height and nutrition and it's just got to be like, you know, like I don't I, he never talks about eating dairy. Like cheese, milk, you know, ice cream, nothing. You know, yeah. like Robin's. What is your calcium intake? Yeah, as opposed to Robin, who probably has bones like lead pipes at this point, uh, with all the fucking ice cream she's eating, the friendlies. Um, but uh, anyway, I've got a few more that you can you can share with me. Uh, this next one is from the Norm McDonald tribute show. And this mm-hmm. is from Darima too. I gasped when I saw the news. I remember watching the Norm show as a kid and being disappointed when it got canceled. Not only was he effortlessly funny, but he always had a, such an aura of good energy around him, just so likable with those twinkling eyes that exuded joy and having an inside joke. I was surprised to find out he grew up in Quebec City, just north of us here in Montreal. Always thought that he was from the Maritimes for some reason. Another Canadian legend gone. May he rest in peace. I believe he will. St- he will because he stayed true to himself the whole way through here on earth yes and darima i agree with you yeah he doesn't have the sound he doesn't have an accent uh quebec accent but a lot of people don't it's true um so not sure not sure how that was possible unless he lost it or or worked worked hard to get rid of it who knows yeah he was and what she said is so true and i he will rest in peace he lived very genuinely Mm-hmm, totally. And he uh, does is, have that twinkle in his eyes. Always, always. When he, he, he'd always, like, there would always be some joke somewhere in it. And he could not not be funny. And the only, the, the rare times he got was serious was about, let's say, when he was uh, doing a tribute for Remembrance Day. And he tweeted, like, a 40-part tweet series on uh, a veteran. I, and uh, I think it was a World War One story. And uh, it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on Twitter. Actually, Norm was great on Twitter. Before I got kicked off, I <laughs> I remember Norm. I used to really like his Twitter because when he said something, it was mm-hmm. important to Norm. And it was very thoughtful and intelligent and sometimes funny. He was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other one from the same episode from Natalie Panaro Stack. We also miss you, Natalie. I'm not sure what's where you've. We don't see your oh. posts so much anymore. I don't know what's. I hope you hope everything's okay. Uh, I was so sad and surprised to hear we lost a comedic genius. Norm was always the funniest guy in the room. He also didn't buckle. He never compromised in his comedy because of an agenda. He also stuck up for people when it wasn't kosher to do so. That's worth its weight in gold to have a friend like that. I'll end with just one of his funniest jokes. When OJ was acquitted for the double homicide of Nicole and Ron, he said on Weekend Update, "Well, murder is now legal in California." <laughs> R-O-F-L. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> That's a that good was one of that was one of my favorite norm moments too he was mm-hmm. so great and he got kicked off saturday night live for you know railing on that murderer <laughs> oh yeah big time uh this is from wiggy dearest part one john dalton says and i've said this before i think it's pretty clear howard has talked about the special relationship he had with his mother there was a line of communication between them that was sacred and howard valued it his mother at times would punish him by cutting off that line of communication and that was greatly painful for him remember when he was talking about the song with the lyrics locked out of heaven the bruno mars song uh he specifically stated that there were times when his mother would become cold and remote with him and that he felt 
quote, locked out of heaven. Couple that with what he's talking about here. He would express admiration for someone, and his mother would quickly explain to him while he was mistaken to admire this person. In fact, the opposite of what Howard liked about this person was true, according to Ray Stern. Now, think about how Howard was for much of his radio career until about 2010. Uh, I th think about the 80s and 90s when basically the whole show was Howard explaining to us why other popular media figures were phony or bad people or not what we thought they were. Johnny oh. Carson, Oprah, Regis with his flipper-footed son, Don, Phil Donahue, <laughs> Rush Limbaugh, and so on. Um, what Howard was doing with, was recreating the relationship his mother used to have with him, but with us as the audience, as him. And only in this case, how in this case, Howard was his mother and we were Howard each day. A huge portion of the show was dedicated to Howard explaining to us why he was the only media figure worth following. He was the only honest one, much like his mother would do to him. She was the only good mother. She was the only role model. And Howard was spectacularly successful at it. I was 17 in 1987 and I bought it hook, line and sinker. I believed that Regis was phony and that Howard was better than Phil Donahue because Phil left his wife for Marlowe and Howard stayed with Allison. Where <laughs> get older you start to realize howard is no better and in many cases worse than these other media figures howard basically knew at some point the jig was up so i think he meant the gig the gig was up so that when he started to quote evolve uh no it's Ray the jig the jig that's oh the jig i, I I've, I've heard it, it i've heard i've an, heard it's I've an heard american it. saying yeah i've heard it both ways um so when he started to evolve, Ray Stern's codependent dysfunctional relationship with her son, plus Steve Dahl, plus Jackie and Billy, equals Howard Stern's success from 1983 to 1999. Totally. Yeah. That is fucking brilliant. Yes, it is. And um, we, we've we done two episodes so far of Wiggy Dearest, and we could probably go on for ages, although they will get shorter and shorter because we can only take so much of Ray. Yeah, it's hard to record those. And when you listen back to them, they're a lot better than the memory of recording them. <laughs> you know, like you're just, yeah, you're slowly killing yourself during those. Just so. Like now, this is one, one last one and uh, a couple last ones, actually, from the same episode, How You Say Friends of the Court by Sunshine1234-1000. So funny and true. Sam, spot on about the Baldwins. Hope I hope you guys cover more on them. They've totally conned the public for 10 years. I, they have victimized so, mes so many. Lots of material to cover. Fillmore. Fovero que sas dio, se para calor na cante Baldwins pali. Basically said, great job, you two. Uh, uh, please do more Baldwins. And... Um, I, I think that we will. We, we've we been planning to do a co coverage of the roadside <laughs> video, yeah. which I have, and also the um, uh, interview he did with Stephanopoulos, which is still, I, I think it's gold. <sighs> I think we could analyze that thing to, to doomsday. Not to mention the Stephanopoulos interview just got contradicted this week mm -hmm. because the police interrogation interview says the opposite. Mm -hmm. So he says he shot the gun, uh, a bunch of details that he said in that interview do not match the interrogation room interview. Yep. So and plus that fucking mental maniac known as Hillary mm -hmm. is pregnant again or pregnant in quotes because she probably has another surrogate and yeah. faking it with that moon bump of hers. <laughs> well, either way, we are definitely going to do some type of uh, follow-up to that, and it'll all be about um, that. I'm not sure how we're going to release it, but... Uh, I think we we'll, kind we'll of innately out. knew shit was going to roll downhill even further. So mm -hmm. just to, like, let's see what happens. 
for a little bit longer. And oh, yeah. I'm glad we did because a lot has happened. Oh, shitloads. And um, again, unfortunately, that one channel uh, was it called Hillary's Grift. Yeah, I know. They got she got taken off. Yeah. And who knows if there's something that's replaced it or if it's come up as, you know, Hillary's Griff 2 or whatever. Uh, that story fascinates me to no end because of how how many layers are involved in it and the lines that have since come out that we've talked about, oh. Raven and I've talked about it, Sam and I discuss also like every time there's a good one, we share it. And it's it's amazing. It, it even more odd is so a couple weeks ago, these accounts called Family Baldwin and CF Baldwin popped up on Instagram just out of nowhere. They're all in Spanish, okay? Mm -hmm. And they claim to be huge fans of the Baldwins and Hillary. The first people who followed them were Alec and Hilaria. So where do you think these came from? They're them. They're not. Yeah. yeah. So they're posting collages of their children and them like every day or something. And oddly enough, you'd think like you'd be smart and just ignore it. No, Hillary and Alec have been promoting these fan accounts. What, what, what kind of weirdo if a, if somebody online in Spain decided to make a fan account of my daughter, I wouldn't promote it. I'd be like, what kind of creeper are you? That's a little too beyond the pale. Yeah. Well, it's almost like taking a, a screenshot, a co- copy and pasting things in a live chat and then posting them in your channel to make it seem <laughs> as though you actually have people commentating uh, because you're desperate. But they come all come from the same account. It's pretty, pretty amazing when that happens. Um, or when you quote yourself in an online forum and respond to yourself. As yourself. <laughs> so mentally fucking ill. Anyway, guys, you don't need to. If you don't, those who know, those who know, know, and those who don't wish they did. That's all I'll say about that. At any rate, um, thank you guys so much for the continued support. We love you. Uh, I'm taking a week off of recording to get some much needed R&R, but we have lots of stuff in the can, and um, we know you guys are going to appreciate it. We're definitely going to take some great deep dives. We have access to an archive with all video shit from ages and ages ago, and I've got so much. <laughs> it would, um, uh, uh, Kayla and I just covered the uh, silent treatment Robin gave Jackie. It's a 15-minute oh. clip, and it's it's we put it together. It's fantastic. I can't wait for you guys to see it. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be Patreon only, so get on that for sure. Oh, and, Patreon uh, is so much fun. I love yeah. it. Oh yeah, and you just you can't get it. You won't be able to get enough when you'll be binging it. It'll be just getting let that box of donuts, and you think ah, just one more. <laughs> well, I love I love the variety. We have such great fans who are so intelligent and funny and mm-hmm. creative and analytical. It's really awesome. Yeah. So you guys, you uh, Yolo, you honor us. Um, <laughs> and we love you and appreciate you so much. That's right. We're not going to piss on you. Uh, and uh, we're not going to destroy your eardrums with our audio quality. So God bless you guys. Take care. Stay safe. Have a great weekend. And we love you. Bye, guys.